Hey, it's Tom with episode three or four of Forging Ahead. I am recording on yet another device, so I'll listen back and see if this sounds okay or stinks, but I'm trying to press ahead here, forge ahead, um, and get some stuff out so that I can get better at this. So when I left off the last episode, I was talking about, you know, our first go-to-market idea go-to-market is, is pretty strong um, but so we the last thing was that you know TI in a box or office in a box where you have a standardized design that people can select from and eliminate a bunch of choice to help speed up the design process and I think we were going after the wrong problem here there was no perceived problem from the landlord's perspective it's like it takes how long it takes you know we don't need to speed it up we don't need to improve our efficiency in getting people into spaces. Our buildings are full. Got it. So, um, and I think over the course of this process, we've gone back and forth a lot from trying to serve the building owner, trying to serve the tenant and the brokers, uh, trying to figure out who we can help. So in the next iteration, we jumped back over to the, the tenant side, the occupier, of space side and uh, tried to zero in on on a more focused problem and where we ended up with you know what we heard a bunch of times or what we thought we heard a bunch of times was that furniture is a real challenge for smaller teams uh, and I think maybe for context even today we're talking about serving startups. I think big, mature companies don't have a problem with buying stuff for their office. There are billion dollar industries set up to serve these folks really well and, and there's the existing infrastructure to help people buy furniture for their office. You know, if you are Facebook opening a new shop in the financial district, there's no problem there, it's easy. But when you try to apply the same infrastructure to a 22 person team taking an unfurnished sublease in the financial district, like having them go to a furniture dealer who specializes in certain manufacturers and they're talking about spending 3,000 bucks a person, you know, and you don't know if you're gonna exist in 18 months just seems kind of crazy and most of these folks were going out to Ikea and Amazon and Wayfair and just kind of patching it together and we thought that that was pretty sucky too so the next part you know spending a lot of time in offices and in startup offices just walking around talking to people and getting introduced and trying to you know, dig around and, and see what was out there, uh, we started to notice some things. And we noticed that when you go into startup offices, you start to see some of the same stuff. You see IKEA furniture, you see the cheaper residential electric sit-stand desks. Everybody sits in a black mesh chair. Um, and we started to notice those trends. So we figure that um, if you are a startup and 
the next version of our tool, you know, we, we settled on four to 12 people, which ultimately was wrong. I don't think anybody opens an office with four to 12 people. You sit at home or you go sit at WeWork or Industrious. So we had that wrong. But that first tool allowed you to go in and select your headcount, your move-in date, whether or not you were in the suburbs or downtown and you could immediately get a price for a whole kit of office furniture. You'd get white sit-stand desks, black mesh chairs, and you know the accessories needed to fill out your space. And you'd have the opportunity to check out immediately. So we tried to inject a lot of efficiency into buying furniture for your first office. And now saying it out loud again, like it doesn't, doesn't feel that's stupid, but I think we had some stuff wrong. We assumed that people would just pump in their credit card, order furniture for a 10-person office, and go away. It's like there's a little bit more nuance there that we kind of ignored. Another piece of the story that I think is interesting is trying to do this. Uh, you know, the team today is myself, Kevin Caldwell, and my dad, Tom Sullivan Sr., uh, none of us can write a, a speck of code. So we're talking about building these tech tools from the perspective of people who can't build tech tools. So um, <laughs> what we did was we tried to use, or we did use, freelancers. Kevin went out and found Chotu on Upwork, who was sitting in India, to go out and build it. And I think there was a whole slew of challenges that came along with that. But we were able to build a tool for like 1500 or 1800 bucks that worked, that could accept payments, that we could try to drive some traffic to. All of those things sound good in theory, but they didn't happen. I think I'd love to, I wish I could send myself a bookmark from this rambling episode to have a chat with Kevin about the challenges of trying to work with somebody in India to build a tool when we don't know how to you know write code like there's a translation problem on the actual spoken language and then there's a translation problem of you know helping somebody see what we want them to build when we don't know how to build like we're speaking potentially different languages so I'll try to circle back and get Kevin on to talk about that so we go out with this tool that allows you to select headcount and you know where your office is so that we can sell you a package online without having to do any design work or uh, go visit any showrooms and I think there's some merit to a lot of those things and we've kept a lot of those principles as we roll forward because it's all learnings and I think that there's there's some value there for these smaller groups so Essentially, we had maybe a few dozen people land on this site. We had a couple people calculate prices, and we had no customers. Um, and we kept it up for a couple months. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a part of me that thinks maybe we didn't leave it up long enough. Maybe we didn't press hard enough to try to find the right customers for this tool but um, I think you know Seth Godin would say we sort of did that in reverse we should have found 
customers first and built stuff for those customers instead of building something and then going to try to find customers. So we kind of goofed that process up. And I think that um, that furniture tool that we pushed out there was an iteration, a mistake, and we ended up pivoting to something completely different. So I will, I think, end this one around eight or nine minutes again and try to pick up the ball on the next one. If you are listening, which would really surprise me, I appreciate it. Thank you.